I'm one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm your other host, Jenny. And guys, we're excited to talk to you about shapeshifters this week. Yes, we are. We are excited to talk about shapeshifters. They are a crazy reference, and there's all different kinds. We're going to dive deep into a few. We're going to talk about what what's possible with them. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about some of the references throughout different points in history that we've seen them or or have encountered them uh we're going to talk about maybe are they helpful i don't know sometimes maybe not sometimes maybe i think there's one example of one being helpful so we could you know at least not say that they're not helpful (laughs) right right (laughs) um and also like when we talk about shapeshifters jeff is there a webster's dictionary definition or do you have like a basic uh, description of what yeah, that yeah. would yeah so i mean in in the reality of what we're talking about right a shapeshifter is kind of a a catch-all blanket term but think of it as a life form of some type doesn't mm-hmm. have to be humanoid that can alter its appearance take on forms or even the actual appearance of another person or life form. Okay. So it could be, yeah, you could be your own Mr. Potato Head. Right. Or a mimic of some kind. Yeah. Or I could say, I want to, I want to be a squid. Well, I'm not saying I want to be a particular squid. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying I want to be a squid. Right. And therefore, as a shapeshifter, I could become a squid. Okay. All right. Or I could say, I want to be squid tag number 264. Or squid word. Or squid word, for that matter. Mm -hmm. And that would be more exact. But again, as a shapeshifter, I could then hopefully assume that appearance. Right. I don't know if that gives you the ability to play a clarinet badly um, (laughs) and to have a grouchy attitude. (laughs) Could be. Have pretty nasty customer service skills. Yes, a general ennui. (laughs) <laughs> when I think of Squidward, I definitely think of Ennui. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's that sophisticated sort. <laughs> right. He does listen to public radio, so we know that, Gannon. Very true. Very true. Um, so I wanted to take us back. Let's let's go back in the Wayback Machine. Okay. To one of our first appearances of a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Jenny, um, let's think about our, our heroes in our universe here, okay? Mm-hmm. So we had the we had the crew of the Enterprise, right? And they visited this planet that they got this um, message to, hey, we need some help with some mining equipment, and we need to have you guys check it out because we've had an accident, 
Mm-hmm. You get to the planet, and everything seems normal. Dr. McCoy goes down on the landing party because the doctor is in session. Right. Okay. And there's this pretty attractive lady mm-hmm. and her husband, who Dr. McCoy knows, and they just need some minor medical attention. So it takes them back up to the Enterprise. Okay. Okay. However, before they get to the Enterprise, the red shirt gets it. Ooh. And he's the, got these weird sores all over his body. And ew. Strange, yeah. Right? And they can't figure out what it is. And he's done. Just well, like he should have known better. Really? I mean, he probably should have put on his gold shirt in the morning in the closet <laughs> instead of his red yeah. shirt. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor red shirts. They just don't have a long lifespan. <laughs> no, alas. Yeah, so there's already one death. If a red shirt doesn't die, though, do we even know anything bad is happening? I mean, that's that's the initiating cue for many adventures in Starfleet. Uh, you got a good point there, Jenny. I think um, I think if if the red shirt hadn't died, then maybe we wouldn't have had an episode. Yeah. Like, oh, Doctor McCoy met his friends. Yay. Okay. Well. Okay. Captain's log, we're moving to another planet now because <laughs> that was boring and nothing yeah. happened here. Yeah. <laughs> so they get everyone back to the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. They're having sort of a, hey, how are you? We're going to check you out, make sure everything's okay kind of session. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Dr. McCoy is like, he's getting it laid on strong by this lady. The married lady? The married lady. Oh, yeah. Awkward. Now, to give you some context, the name of this adventure uh-huh. was called The Man Trap. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And as, <laughs> as the episode develops, suddenly her husband, who they're trying to find, is non-responsive. They can't find him on the ship. They get to the quarters, and there's just a pile of salt lying on the ground. Ooh. Where he used to be. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of a Lot's wife situation. <laughs> yeah, kind of a Lot's wife situation. <laughs> except it's attractive middle-aged lady's husband. <laughs> yeah. He looked back. I don't know. That's maybe, not, yeah. he looked, maybe he looked back. <laughs> it could be. And then she's laying it on real strong with McCoy. Mm-hmm. To the point where he, suddenly she... Decides that it's time to kill him because that's mm-hmm. what she did. She was a salt monster. Oh, so really... they could charge her with the salt battery, maybe? Yeah, yeah, with a nice salt yeah. battery. <laughs> 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 but she was able to assume the appearance of this lady because she had killed the lady. Is the she conference. salt? She is a salt being and likes to consume salt. Mm. Yeah. All those flavors and she chose salty. I know. I mean, I mean, all pretzels are good. Yeah. Salt and vinegar potato chips. Ooh. Not a fan? I didn't know I, that. I, they're very pungent and my whole head like swells up, feels like it's swelling up with salt and vinegar potato chips. 
might be because one that you should try. Um, mm. It's especially pungent, but it's also a good quality. It is. Um, it's a brand from England called Trikels, I believe, and mm. it is an apple cider vinegar and sea salt potato chip. Yes, it uh, is, and my... It is enough to melt your side of your face, but it's yeah. good. <laughs> well, I, I am allergic to vinegar, so that might oh. be why I feel like my head's swelling up. Well, maybe that would be more like a man trap situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jenny, my... try these delicious potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> my one weakness. I walk right past a bowl of salt and vinegar chips, though. I see that right I, I love potato chips. It's one of my favorite snacks. But This is a well-established fact between the two of us. Yeah. We gave potatoes up for Lent. We did. Many years. And that was hard. Mm-hmm. And then we celebrated with really good potato chips. <laughs> Homemade. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So let that be a lesson for everyone. Um, right. As you're, and even, maybe even potential sponsors out there. Sure. If you're listening. It could we happen. Like potato chips. We do. If we would sell that shit out of them. We, we will sell your potato chips as long as the day is. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one early reference for us to think about. Yes. Okay. There's another early reference, but it's in a different category. So this salt monster was kind of a humanoid because it had sort of a bipedal, you know, two-legged appearance. Okay. Uh, in its original form? In its original form. It still had sort of a humanoid appearance because it had two legs and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the different one that was called Isis from the original mm-hmm. series. It was in an episode called Assignment Earth. Did you ever see that one? Probably. It's where they go back in time to the 60s and there's like a alien spy on the planet. And there's this black cat called Isis that he's with. It's ringing a bell. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like yeah. swinging 60s and there. You know, walking around on Earth. and <laughs> Yes, those are fun. Those are always a fun one. <laughs> the like, pinnacle hey, being William the way to home. showed up to work in his clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a party at the Moy, the Moy household. That's right. It's a big party. <laughs> yeah. So ISIS, not to be mistaken for the terrorist group. Correct. ISIS could take on the form of a cat or a human female. Nice. So it wasn't limited to just humans' forms. Yeah. But it wasn't a humanoid itself. So I thought that was an interesting one as mm-hmm. an early reference for us, too, because it's like, hey, I can take on different... I'm not limited to just being a like a sentient life being. Right. I can take on the appearance of a rock or a pizza or a squid or a person. Was this ISIS person, they, they, were, they were either human or cat? Is that... Right. Okay. They were limited to those two things. And just the, the single human and the single cat. Right. And it was always right. the same one. Okay. So whereas the salt lady would be a salt being or a any human. Right. Because she could take on the appearance of other humans. Right. She had to, like, be in contact with them, though. She, she had to be in contact with them. Yeah. 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 So she was kind of kind of whack, wackadoo. Yeah. Isis took on either form. Yeah. At her will. So it sounds like we have two types right now. The yep. a more aggressive type. Uh, mm-hmm. And then one of more of a 
um, personal one. Yeah. It didn't didn't do harm to in order to change shape. Exactly. Didn't didn't have to perform any harm on whether intended or not intended yeah. on another being in order to take on the other shape it wanted. Yeah. So yeah, there's a couple different types there. And I, I think it's interesting we don't have to in our conversation, we don't need to to just think about those boxes. I think there's other boxes that we can yeah. talk about. I'm just not ready to write up a little matrix here for myself so that I can, and I'll add boxes. That's fine. I mean, so. you know, boxes are good. They look like waffle parts, and I like waffles. So. Yes. Waffles and potato chips. Again, sponsors out there, <laughs> if you're going to do waffles or potato chips, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> look, you can keep your waffles, Jeff. I don't know, Jenny. I, I got to disagree with you. I could go the rest of my life without eating a waffle. How about chicken and waffles? Mm. I eat them separately. Deconstructed chicken and waffles, which is basically I'm having breakfast and lunch at the same time. (laughs) And usually I just eat the chicken because I'm not a fan of waffles. Hmm. Yes, Cash Cash agrees with me. That's new information. I'll have to catalog that in my list of things that I didn't know. <laughs> I'm a big fan of breakfast breads, and waffles yeah. are part of that category for me. So Yeah. Um, so another example mm-hmm. that I have for us um, is the Traveler. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> the we come in contact with the Traveler in any of your research, Jenny? Well, I know that he saved the universe from Wesley Crusher. He did. <laughs> and and, that, and for that, bringing, we're all grateful. Yeah, I'm bringing that up because it's at least one example of a helpful shapeshifter. Ah. <laughs> was, was Isis helpful at all? Or was she just um, uh, like a trickster? Isis was more of a trickster. She was a companion. Does that make sense? Well, I understand what companions are, but <laughs> she was I'm she glad. was a yeah she was a friend. <laughs> She's like, hey, I'm your friend Isis. If you need me to get into a really small space and get rid of that mouse problem, I'm your dude. Yeah, and I, I have a thing to talk about with small spaces, but I want to get down to it in a little bit. Okay. There's kind of a cool thing I found out about that. So, um, okay. The, so, the traveler, though, did save helpful. the universe from Wesley Crusher. He yes. also did save the, the, the Enterprise once as well when it was like warping out of control on that one science experiment that they were trying to do to see like how far they could push the engines. And right. the, one guy, the one guy was like, I don't know if we can do this. It seems like it's going too fast. <laughs> and, and the traveler's like, no, we just need to change this thing. And Crusher's like, oh, this is really cool because uh, I'm a kid and I don't know anything and this looks really exciting. So, <laughs> sure. You know, basically that's the rundown of that of that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did the tra- How does the traveler shape shift? Does he become a cat? Uh... No, he takes on the form of of a lieutenant in Starfleet, for example. Oh, so he's um, a mimic. He's a mimic, okay. but it's more of a mimic of, of like he's the, the guy that he assumes the shape of isn't 
a referenced person in Starfleet. He just shows up as like, hey, I'm, I've got this lieutenant with me who's going to help out with the, the test. So he's not like showing up as Barkley. Right. He, he's showing up as random red shirt. Yeah. A very helpful. Who is this guy? I've never seen him before. But man, does he know how to fix my engine kind of thing. Wow. <laughs> Hello, nurse. That man Doctor can fix my engine. <laughs> Looking for a guy that can fix my engine. <laughs> well. Literally. Change I mean. my spark plugs. <laughs> Shut my mouth and call me oil filters. <laughs> Which a shapeshifter could probably assume the shape of. Yeah, why not? Why? I know. I guess <laughs> in, a, in a pinch. You're you're getting your oil changed, and they're like, hey, uh, your uh, oil filter looks pretty uh, gross. It's like, look, I got one right here. <laughs> I got a handy one right yeah. here. Don't have to Quiet, use your, back, your overcharged one here. <laughs> yeah. I got one I'm going to put in when I get home. Thanks. Exactly that. <laughs> that is one thing. It would be good to have the traveler on board for yeah. that purpose. So there, are, there are obviously some, some examples of maybe not helpful changelings. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I think is really cool to talk about. Yeah. Then um, one that... And then another one I want to get to later. So <laughs> we're going to go to the one that is really cool. So many shapeshifters, Jeff. I know. So. I only knew there was one. Like, that's I only have one that stuck with me. Well, what, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Who is the one that you're referencing? I'm sure it's on my list, but I just yes. want to make. Um, it is the unknown sample known as Odo. Yeah. That was, Odo is, his name comes from, it means nothing. and I mean, literally, it means the word nothing in Cardassian. Because they found him, and the doctor that found him um, didn't know what he was, and it was, he was in this unknown sample jar, and it just, he ended up, uh, Cardassians seeing that, called it nothing, and so he thought he was nothing for a long, long time. But basically, he was a liquid of some kind, like viscous liquid that could take on shapes somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, because he was found away from, you know, in the middle of no, nowhere, um, you know, discovered by human scientists who didn't realize he was sentient and did a lot of experimentation on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wasn't like, top-notch shapeshifter from the get-go. Um, but that he um, eventually was able to demonstrate he was sentient by turning himself into, like, a lab flask or something. Um, <laughs> like, imitating something that was on the, the table. Um, I wish but I he, had another lab flask with me. Right? And then he's like, whoop, there I am. Hey! I'm Flasky McFlaskerson. <laughs> I'm your uh, helpful lab flask. <laughs> Let's do an emotion, an, an educational short video, um, where I'll talk you through all the things flasks can do for your life. But uh, no, Dawn I don't think that. On the new happened. age of science, <laughs> no Flask. longer do you have to mix your liquids in a skinny little beaker. Now no. you can use a flask. Mortar on pestle? Heck no. <laughs> Try flask. <laughs> 
for all your flask needs. But, uh, no, I, he eventually broke through with this doctor and understood he was sentient, um, but he was re- majorly set back um, by that and resentful of it, of course. But he ends up getting um, hooked up with the Cardassians on Deep Space Nine and becomes their security chief. Uh, and once he starts, like, he does take a humanoid form, although not not super exact. Um, in fact, his uniform was part of his shape-shifting self. It wasn't, he didn't wear a uniform. He made it look like he was wearing one, which is just as good, I guess. Um, yeah, even as far as, like, a combat, he could recreate, like, things that he could become things that tricorders would look at and think, oh, that's that thing. It's not a shapeshifter pretending to be a flask. It's a flask. So it's pretty sophisticated. That's that's pretty sophisticated. Right. But it wasn't until a lot later that he realized he was part of the Dominion uh, shapeshifters who are communal Mm. uh, in their sort of, they share, they would all, it's real kinky, they'd get in a big pond together. Um, and share thoughts and stuff, you know, get real um, intimate. Uh, and then they, you know, so they had a lot of advantages of shared memories and all this other stuff. So that their, their shape-shifting was very, very specific. I mean, their shape-shifting was very sophisticated. Um, and, and Odo, it turns out, was part of, a, I think they sent a hundred baby shape-shifters out into the, it was right around like like a wormhole appearance in that area where um, he was one of the hundred babies that was sent out to learn mm. about the universe and bring it back. He didn't find this out till way later, and of course he always felt second class. Um, but once they found the Dominion, and he start he had this sort of on again off again contact with them because he wanted to learn more about his heritage, but he also didn't like the way they were treating everybody, which was, you know, they. The name like the Dominion, I mean, you know. It's not exactly the welcome wagon. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, so they, uh, you know, so they were bent, hell-bent on running everything. and uh, Again, as the name would suggest. It's yeah. not like the co-op. <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't like it was like Trader Joe's Planet. You know. Whole Foods and whatnot. Uh, but they... You know, so he was at odds with them, but also deeply curious about them and wanting to maintain that connection and stuff. And he also had deep connections with, you know, humans that he was around, the humanoid, Starfleet folks, Bajorans, and all yeah. of that. Um, and and so much so that uh, with you know Major Kira, he you know he became he fell in love with her. Yep. Um, but once he was having trouble, you know, even though he was in love with her, he still protected her lover who was like the head of the Bajor folks for a while you know he was he was all about justice um and not so much about the law but more about justice because I mean there were so many different like you served the Cardassians and then the Federation and the Bajors and so he was sort of in this he was shifting around in this sort of moral morass um but he did understand justice beginning Became he came to understand justice very very well after he had made several mistakes with um, how he handled different tense situations. 
Sounds like the name of a of a like a spin-off series like Liquid Justice. Liquid Justice. Oh my gosh. I would watch that all <laughs> week. I mean I'm on vacation this weekend. I mean <laughs> starting now for four days. I would watch that Liquid Justice for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I admire Odo very much. You know, sometimes like I don't know if have if you've ever I don't know if you've ever felt this way or not, Jeff, but like an outsider looking in a lot of times. Yeah. You, you look, you know, you were sort of of the group, but not really. Um, never would you have been considered a, not you, but I've always, I've felt like, you know, nobody would ever consider me a peer or a, you know, a person that they would fall in love with. And, I'll, you know, it sounds, this is really pathetic and I don't mean to be because, I've had lots of luck in the love department, so you can just back off. <laughs> Come at me. I Come do. at me. Come I at dare me. you. But I'm there's. I, I think middle school best uh, represents the feeling probably that Odo lived with for a very long time. Yeah, I think that's an interesting. I think that's an interesting analogy, Jenny, to think about. Like, um, and I would probably, I would think, would be maybe a pretty common feeling amongst most of the shapeshifters that we've talked about even of this I I like the way you said sort of like being in this sort of morass of shifting morals and and understandings of justice and law and I don't think that you know probably you know many of the examples we've talked about were bad shapeshifters or good shapeshifters mm-hmm. i would probably i would be willing to to risk my so-called reputation on <laughs> saying they're just shapeshifters <laughs> and that's sort of what they're comfortable being they, they are going to be navigating in and out of things that we we as corporeal humans aren't necessarily going to understand why they can be the same and be different yeah yeah, and as much as they can try to fit in, literally or figuratively, you know they're they're still on the outside. Yeah. Looking in. Um, yeah. At least from a, at least from a human perspective. <coughs> like so, if they're. So Odo was a was was part of the Dominion. Mm-hmm. And they were, I think, they were a particular type of shapeshifter called a changeling. Yeah. Because they weren't stuck in, like, for example, with ISIS, it, they could take on any form. Yeah. And changeling, I think, is a better term than mimic. I like I like changeling. Um, I, I, there's a few. I didn't go nearly as deep in Odo lore as you have. But, um, I mean, there's a couple of really good times where I've seen him, you know, show that ability to navigate between the two or three or four different <laughs> ideas of justice as well that yeah. living with. Um, and I see that, you know, potentially in, you know, again, like the salt monster wasn't necessarily bad. It was right. just trying to find a way to live, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the traveler wasn't necessarily good. I mean, I, I don't. I would. I would not. <laughs> I would not be willing to risk my reputation on calling the traveler good. <laughs> yeah. He's just the traveler. You know, he's doing his own thing. Um. 
And it's operating on a different level. Yeah. Clearly, like, yeah. like somebody like Q, you know, that, I mean, is Q a shapeshifter? A little bit? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think Q ships, shifts shapes around Q. Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> I think Q can make everything else shift shapes. Oh yes, so he's not a he's not a being that necessary. Although he could take on whatever form he wanted to, probably. Yeah. But I think he um, gets a better a better way of of looking at life by changing people's perspectives on yeah. what they're familiar with by Ex- changing their literal perspective. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> is is it fair to say that gods are shapeshifters? Or is, well, it shape, is shape-shifting a skill? That... It's interesting you bring that up, because there's one example of another shape-shifter that I want to talk about before I get to this discussion about humans. Mm-hmm. So let's go, let's go ultra-nerd here for a minute. Probably oh, oh, please, we haven't gone there yet? Well, not in this episode. <laughs> okay, but... so that's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe not one of the most shining examples of the Star Trek story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Star Trek V. Yes. The Final Frontier. In Star Trek V, they encounter Spock's half-brother. Remember this? Cybok? Oh, come on. Is that what they called him? That's what his name was. Ugh. How's and he a half-brother? Spock- from mom or dad? From the dad. Sarek be fooling around? After Somehow? Amanda died. Yeah. Oh. Because she was human. She didn't last that long. Especially on Vulcan. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Especially after a night with Sarek. Am I right? Oh, man. The doctor is in. So, Cybok. Cybok. was Spock's half-brother. Yeah. But he did not embrace logic. Because he, he instead embraced emotion. Was this mommy earthling or Terry? Or? I, I don't have that detail. Oh, okay. I just know that he never embraced logic. He, okay. was, he had Vulcan features, mm-hmm. such as Spock, but he embraced emotions instead. Okay. He rebelled against logic. Mm-hmm. And so they, they encounter Cybok, and he's got this following of almost like cult type thing going on. Following of Vulcans? Vulcans, Klingons, Romulans, all kinds of folks. Ooh. Yeah. Other species to be named later in a trade. Um, and they go <laughs> to this planet that's at the outside of the edge of the universe. Or the other galaxy. Okay. Okay. And they encounter God on this planet. Or what they think is God. Okay. It's actually a shapeshifter who takes on the form of Cybok. Okay. The form that they're all familiar with seeing. Oh. What, did, uh, what, happened, to, what happened to Cybok himself? He was imprisoned on the ship because they caught on to him. So. Okay. Yeah. So Zybok 
starts a cult. The cult turns on him. Then they go to this planet, and this shapeshifter takes on the form of Cyborg. The cult doesn't catch on, but the the officers of the Enterprise do. Gotcha. They, they kind of snap out of it a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, and they encounter Cyborg. Really wanted to get to this planet, and it turns out that the shapeshifter is there, who's who Cyborg is convinced is God, but it's just a shapeshifter. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's where the famous line, uh, you might know this one, but it's like, what does God need with a starship? <laughs> what, does, what doesn't God need with a starship? That's a better <laughs> question. <laughs> that might be another episode later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so we encounter Cybok there. And uh, definitely not a helpful, definitely not a, definitely not a helpful thing. Does this shapeshifter make them, like, enact uh, stories and things? Or am I, am I mixing this up with Futurama? I think that's Futurama, which okay. is okay. Okay. He does, have, what, them, he does uh, have them kind of live through, like, through some mind meld type stuff. Cybok does. Okay. Like some of the memories of their past, like their pain. Oh, you know? yeah. It's mm-hmm. really Kirk's like, I want my pain. So, Ugh. Yeah, it's 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 like it's drivel. Um, Kirk is exhausting. No offense. None, none taken. So, um, so there's an example of a not so great shapeshifter, but doing its shapeshifting thing. Mm. Um, but I, I had this thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. Can humans be shapeshifters? Can they? If you try hard enough, maybe. There are some. Yeah. There are some. Become uh, a squid. Become a squid. Become a squid. (laughs) Uh, Mind over matter isn't going to help us here, I don't think. Plastic surgery can. Uh, Yeah, but then you're still only kind of assuming the appearance. Well, I I beg to differ. Respectfully. Uh, respectfully, respectfully different. Yeah. There are, um, for example, um, when Deanna Troy wakes up as a Romulan mm. and then has to be Romulan uh, in order to survive this encounter. She was recruited by, she was abducted, and then her shape was shifted by means of plastic surgery. Okay. Uh, and Is then that- she... Is that do you think that's in line with our definition from earlier? Isn't it? I don't remember our definition from earlier, to be honest. A life form that can take on the appearance or um, shapes of another life form. Yeah, I think it lines up. She okay, took an appearance and attitudes. Um, she had what's the Romulan like SS kind of folks? Uh, do you know what I'm talking? Oh about? yeah. Ugh, it's not the Jem'Hadar. That's the D- Dominion stuff. Uh, I'm sure we'll think of it later on. And we'll put it in the show notes. Yes, yeah, so you can ask Dr. Safari. Um, I will get I, that for you here in a minute while you're, while you're going. Okay. Yeah, Troy. She was, she wakes up as a Romulan. Doesn't know why or where she's at. Um, she realizes that there is a, you know, there's a covert activity going on in order to disrupt a Romulan mission. And and do you have the name of the organization that... I do. 
they it's were like the, the KGB. Tall, the they were the tall Shi'ar. That's it. The tall Shi'ar. And so she, she was, her, her form was changed to appear like tall Shi'ar officer. And she had to embody that person and um, be like, if you, you know, Troy is soft and around the edges and empathetic and um, understanding and interested in harmony. And the Tal Shiar are the opposite of that. Very true. Uh, and she also was at a point in her career where she was trying to like become, get into leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was really putting to test a lot of things she had learned. Yeah, yeah. Where the thunder rolls. He's got some friends in low places. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> 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 it's, yeah. a, it's a joke. It is. And like Garth of Izar, Garth Brooks, who we're making fun of, out of respect, also did the really? shapeshifter um, when he became Chris Gaines for a brief period of time. I'm telling you, yes, this is humans can do it. <laughs> Chris Gaines, modern day shapeshifter. Modern day shapeshifter. So Garth of Izar shows up in the original series again with our our favorite cast here, mm-hmm. or at least some of our favorite cast. And he's able. He was taught how to change and re-engineer his DNA to take on the shapes of other people. <laughs> Hang on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Or, Lucy, or I... scare people to death. <laughs> I, I saw your reflection in the window, and I thought there was somebody outside. And uh, <laughs> this is Lucy. I say hi, Lucy. Hello. Lucy's responsible for our uh, theme song, which is pretty intense and which awesome. We love Lucy. We by love. The way. We love it, Lucy, and we love Lucy. Okay. All okay. of those things. Live long and prosper. Okay. Let's say peace and love. There you go. Say it louder so we can hear you. It's freaking, I love you. I love you. Mwah. Bye. Anyway, <laughs> Little known fact, I turn into a shrieking ninja when I am startled. So shapeshifter. Okay. Shapeshifter, yes. So we were we were talking about um, Garth of Izar before right. you got here. And Garth <laughs> of Izar, um, at one point takes on the appearance of Captain Kirk on the Enterprise to try to get his way, which was essentially destruction and power. Mm -hmm. Kind of a bad dude. Is that the one where Kirk fights himself? One one of the ones. Sorry. It's one one of the the ones ones where Kirk fights himself. (laughs) There was more than one? There was. Because, I mean, there were ones where, you know, when he got split apart in the transporter, he became, like, soft, nice Kirk, and then there was, like, primeval Kirk. Oh, lordy, lordy. Yeah. Just lowered my score on the transporter. <laughs> yes, but remember, you can also go to parallel universes with the transporter. So, you know, just saying. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> just skip, saying. And skip the journey, really, so I'm... Yeah. Yeah. So maybe a half uh, instead of a whole point. Yeah, that's a French case. Disregard. <laughs> but it's an example where Garth's lo- friends in low places will just say it like that. 
<laughs> taught yes. him how to, how, how to change his appearance from this ugly, you know, big ugly to attractive Captain Kirk, a man about space. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, who are these friends, and how do they teach him how to do? Is this science that it's they do? A, it's, or? A, it's a it's a bee. It's a species of of people on this planet. They're Antosians, and they teach him how to do it. Mm. And they can do it. And they can do it. And then generally they do it. But it was, it was kind of a painful process. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know if there's a trade-off that I would take. Unless, well, if you got to be oh. James T. Kirk, maybe it's worth the trouble. It's true. I mean, it is James T. Kirk after all. Right. It's better to be James T. Kirk than to be around James T. Kirk. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so I had a quote to kind of like bring us around here for a second. Uh-huh. In our sort of conversation about shapeshifters. Okay. I wanted to read this quote to you. Kind of get your reaction to it. And, um, and then talk about one other really cool idea about shapeshifters. I'm all ears. Okay. The quote. When you're dealing with shapeshifters, mm-hmm. assume that deception is the play. Mm-hmm. Unless... What do you think about that? Well, I mean, it's... Deception is uh, their whole jam. Right? It's a camouflage, really. Mm-hmm. It is a camouflage, right? Like, you know, my cat is a tabby cat, and when he sits in front of a tree, you almost can't see him. <laughs> you know, and he does that to deceive peop- other creatures into thinking there is no heart, there's no predator here. Yeah. Little, little squirrel. I had a black cat that sat in the shadows of our porch mm-hmm. and mimicked a bird call to try to get birds to come up on the porch, and then it mm-hmm. would attack the birds. Yeah. Shape shifting is really just advanced camouflage. Yeah. So I liked that. I liked the dimensions of that quote. Because deception isn't always bad. It can it can often go bad. Because camouflage isn't always bad either. Well, it's always used in order to get the upper hand in a situation to give you passage into a place that you wouldn't normally be allowed into or tolerated in. Or have been prevented from getting into previously. Uh-huh. But it's sneaky. It is sneaky. It is sneaky. And, like, I guess, like any tool, you can use it for justice or for criminal behavior mm-hmm. or or to gain advantage over somebody that uh, uh, you know I'm just sort of opposed to on a certain level in that I prefer the level playing field but if you're you know in a war situation survival situation or whatever that's gonna you know like Certain butterflies survive because they look like trees when they're sitting still. Not trees, tree bark. Can you imagine a butterfly that sort of sat still and looked like a tree? <laughs> I'm going to be up all night. Yeah, that'd be kind of crazy. Other fun fact. 
I hate butterflies. You okay there, buddy? He's got So me. is the story of, for example, the story of Pygmalion? Mm-hmm. Is that a story about shape-shifting? Well. Because they, uh, they changed this person in order to be able to get them into a place that they normally wouldn't have been able to. Right. And how about uh, trading places? Yeah, that, that one actually came to my mind right before I was thinking about the Pygmalion story. It was trading yeah. places. Trading, yeah. Pygmalion has all kind of, well, I guess they both have their problems. Pygmalion being like, that's the same thing as Pygmalion, basically. It's a musical version of Pygmalion, but... <sighs> <laughs> no, I'm aware of that. Uh, it's debatable about how musical it is. At it's least with a, the it's more of a spoken word kind of thing. Well, when Henry Higgins is singing, yes. <laughs> it's, it's like he a has rap. a very it's essentially. Yeah. It's essentially like an early Hamilton. <laughs> uh no, it's more like a late. Um, it's a more like a late William Shatner album. <laughs> Rocket Man. I'm going to blow your mind uh-huh. about changelings in particular. Right. Okay. So back to Odo and his group, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a theory that they could they could take on any size type of item mm-hmm. because they can store or drop any extra mass that they need from a subspace pocket. Well, that's subspace. There's it's subspace the, again in, in it, each of our episodes so far. It's the cause and solution to all our problems. It really is crazy how yeah. subspace keeps coming in. Yeah. I've decided on my my knuckle tats. Subspace. <laughs> subspace. That's actually the name of my fists. Yeah. And this is space. <laughs> I was actually going to say subs and pace. But, like, if you pull them together and punch, then you'll get they'll get the whole thing. Because I'm sure anybody I'm gonna punch is gonna know what I mean by subspace. Absolutely. Yeah. I only get in fights with Star Trek people. So. Sure. <laughs> right. That's the only. I don't get in fights. I made a guy flinch once, and I was so shocked. Uh, this is a side story. Uh, we we're having a stand-up meeting at work, and this guy kept apologizing and another guy on the team was like if you apologize again I'm going to punch you <laughs> and he's like I'm sorry I'm sorry and I went like, like I was going to like I, I pretend like I was going to punch and he like jumped back like I just started laughing. I was like I've never made anyone flinch before one of the best I had, a, I had a song idea about this like, this shapeshifter thing oh yeah uh, the subspace pocket and it was a riff on um, Alanis Morissette obviously so oh, yeah. I've got subspace in my pocket. On <laughs> <laughs> the other hand, I'm making you flinch. On the other hand, I'm flashing you the Vulcan peace sign. There so. it is. <laughs> oh, Jeff, you're on to something. Uh, thanks. I'm on something. No, I'm on to something. Okay. On to, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's our subspace reference for today's episode. Mm. I don't know about you. But I'm about ready for a cookie. And how? Let me see. <laughs> Leslie, cookies. 
On my way! <laughs> They're in the way! I just gotta get out of the oven! Here he comes. There you go. Oh, it's fortune cookies again, Jeff. Uh, Wesley. You shouldn't uh, maybe have. A, maybe a different cookie next time? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Conversation <know>. hearts? <laughs> He's fixated. It must be a so. traveler thing. <laughs> <coughs> All right, let's break it open. Alrighty. What's your What's your say? Mine says satisfaction is not guaranteed. Hmm. That I is works. I think that works with this conversation. It does. How? Um. It It sounds kind of cool to think about shape shifting and some of the possibilities about it, right? Mm -hmm. But there's no, there's nothing in there that says this is the answer to all of our problems. Right. If it's not like it, subspace. <laughs> right. Like, subspace is the answer to all problems. <laughs> but, <Right. laughs> but I, I mean, I'm even thinking about like, so I'm even thinking about like in, you know, stories from, from our, our shared past, even though you don't read the books of them. Um, but Lord of the Rings. I read the books. So you take that okay. back right now. I take it back. I retract. I read Lord the books. The Before the movies came out, thank you. Oh. I owed it to my people. I read them all the time. I read them every year. Okay. Because I just love them. And they're my friends. So, um, it, so Gollum had the ring that could make him disappear. Yeah definitely was not satisfied no no and i think disappearing is a camouflage is a deception is a mm -hmm. kind of thing true satisfaction was not guaranteed uh no no but i think you know the way that the 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 personality of the ring made promises that it would like mm. you know come on put me on you're gonna you know you want to wear me, I'm your precious. You know, there was a conversation going on there. Yeah. Um, but it never, it never, it never delivered. No, and it never intended to satisfy. I don't think. No. It tended to uh, dominate. It tended to dominate and to make itself visible to the person who actually needed to find the ring. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so. So yeah, so that's my connection here. Is satisfaction is not guaranteed. Right. Actually, I'd like to start a business with that as a model. Motto. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think it's sort of could be a motto for this podcast because it could be. Yeah. I believe that we, you know, just a little peek behind the curtain here. Um, we're doing this because we're we think it's fun and interesting, yeah. and also our as much as we love to have adoration and <laughs> subscribers. <clears throat> And positive comments. I think, you know, I I'm not gonna necessarily like all work with you to alter the course of this thing in order to satisfy others. It's like satisfaction is not guaranteed. If you hook into our podcast, you know, maybe you think there's some inside jokes. Maybe you think there's some references you don't understand. Maybe you think uh, we're basic or we don't have a deep enough understanding of Star Trek. Um, I don't really care. I don't, yeah. 
I mean, I'm really it's glad to be here. At the end of the day. It's not going to bother no. me at the end of the day if the person yeah. listening to the podcast that is not appreciating the fact that we're doing this for fun mm-hmm. um, gives a rip. <laughs> right. Well, you know, we're talking a big talk here, Jeff. Uh, but, you know, we really have a precious, precious few listeners that we really, really love. So. We do love our listeners, though. We don't mean to come at you. We love you. Come on the show. Yeah. Um, Ooh. <laughs> we could have a guest next time. We could. And and to any future sponsors out there, we would love to love you. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's Is like this... the song from, from Caddyshack. I yeah. was born to love you. <laughs> I was born to kiss your face. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff will do all those space sponsor face kissing in this podcast. Right. I'll kiss ass. Bring them on to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what does your yeah. say? Um. Okay. Let's see. Um. Every once in a while, declare peace. It confuses the hell out of your enemies. Interesting. I like it. I like it a lot. Huh. And also, it speaks to the just general confusion that shape-shifting brings to a relationship. Yeah. Uh, the, the root of shape-shifting is confusion. To others. Yeah. To others. Well, yeah, just... imagine if it's like, hey, I'm not actually this person. Instead of like, instead of like hey, I'm, I'm Jeff. I'm Jeff over here. Instead of saying that, say, I'm not really Jeff. But I play Jeff I'm, on TV. I'm declaring peace. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're at odds with somebody constantly and then you, you're agreeable for once, it really does make it it's unsettling. Like, I think when you're um, in a state of constant disagreement, like to to sort of extend the laurel branch and... Uh, declare peace so it's like oh wait now wait yeah. <laughs> but you fight me you're my enemy <laughs> <laughs> it's like um the phrase best of enemies yeah yeah but i mean true if you're if your only interest in declaring peace is to confuse your enemies uh that is a sort of shape-shifting you shape-shift into an ally for a moment a peacemaker doesn't sound like it's like authentic or uh, legit in any way. The only purpose is to disrupt, and yeah. and shapeshifters are disruptive. And there's a there's a lot like as soon as somebody finds out you're a shapeshifter, you're on their watch list like like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, no uh, there's no like breaking in period. No, it's a, it's a huge advantage. Um, that you know that you can leverage to turn the tables in your favor, or um, you know, destroy the you know a trail of evidence, or or um, make people believe thing, things that you want them to believe, and not necessarily the truth. So it's like that's one of the things I love a lot about Odo is that you know he he employs his deceptive qualities for the sake of justice. Um, which is like, eh, you know, does the ends justify the means? You know, there's a, 
shape-shifting it brings up a, a a lot of moral questions yeah and then you have so you, yeah the ends justify the means and then is it for the good of the many or the good of the few or the one or the one yeah <clears throat> those are some deep deep questions mm-hmm. out of a fortune cookie um, well you know you know we complain about these fortune cookies but uh there's there's wisdom. That is for sure. Um, all right, all right. So so Jenny, yeah. let's rate this scoreboard wise. Shape shifting. Okay. So well, I've got a I've got a number in my head. Okay. <laughs> What's it gonna take to get you into this shape shifting technology, Jeff? <laughs> Today. <laughs> I'm gonna slide it across the table here, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it to my manager and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> if you just sit here, I'll go talk to my business manager for a minute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, on a scale of one to ten, one being um, I don't trust anything around me. <laughs> it could be a shapeshifter. <laughs> yeah. um, and ten being, you know, I'll be your friend. You can recharge in my bucket, in my kitchen, Ooh. you know, that kind of thing. If you want to be my lover, you got to get in my bucket. <laughs> now, was Odo's bucket part of Odo as well, or was it a bucket? No, no he, okay. had to, um, he had to return to his liquid, liquid form every 16 hours. Yeah. And if he didn't, he'd start to fall apart. Like, he was trapped in an elevator with... Right. with uh, oh, what's with her name? Loxana Troy. Now, as much as I love her, I'm not sure I'd want to spend hours in an enclosed space with her. <laughs> um, I'd start falling apart. Yeah, my skin would be. <laughs> <laughs> my skin would start falling off. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, one to ten. One being, you don't trust anything that you look at because it could be a shapeshifter. Uh, ten being, you want to learn how to shapeshift, like Garth of Izar. Mm. Where do you fall on that? I don't, I am really divided because no matter how helpful you can be, um, it's still kind of underhanded. And while like, you know, I think on the the extreme end of the squeaky clean is Odo, you know, where he applied that as sort of undercover cop skills yeah and i you know i think that's hugely valuable also i would love to be a cat for a day just for a day just at least a day try it out and see (laughs) (laughs) on the other hand i i don't want to have to gain corporeal form by taking somebody else's life right because that's that's one of the extremes there right right because we have that sort of aggressive approach to shape-shifting then we have the person who becomes a cat and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have others who are who use their skills for the good of the community. And then they have the others that are tricksters with their skills, um, either by mimicking others or... So uh, that brings processor. to mind, yeah. before your score, that does bring to mind one other example, Jenny. Yeah. From, from Deep Space Nine, which you, I think, I think I've heard you say... Um, 
correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think I've heard you say is your favorite Star Trek. I wouldn't say that at all. No. <laughs> uh, I love Deep Space Nine a lot. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. I think it's unsung, but I would say it was my favorite. So wasn't there an episode early on where mm-hmm. they encountered these like beings that took on the form of like there was a baseball player and there was like Rumpelstiltskin. <gasps> don't you? I don't. I do, and I can't watch the episode. Rumpelstiltskin freaks me out. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> For every <laughs> that, reason, yes. Yeah, I mean, even as a child, that story was like, yeah, it just gives you the creeps right up, shivers, not in a good way. Yeah, but that's another example of shapeshifters, and they. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the whole, I think like it's rare to find a shapeshifter that will use their skills to serve the community over the themselves. And so that leads that that leads to perhaps unfair profiling and bias on one hand. You know, but like given the you know with where the tables turned and we would have shapeshifters, like could we have prevented? You know national disasters and things like that i don't know is it worth it because it's a hugely powerful thing to give a person and power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely so to be given this sort of unfair entree into um, a community that is not you know that you've gotten to through means that weren't fair mm-hmm. um, and then to be able to manipulate people and situations I mean I don't know I you know that I've, I'm probably at a six hmm. and I, I feel like part of part of me really really wants to be a cat and part of me <laughs> thinks that it would be a useful thing to infiltrate in that way and, and, you know, espionage is just a part of, like, society. But I'm also, like, you know, it can have such a corrupting effect. I'm at As, a four. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I think is weird, because I think the last last two episodes you've rated, you've rated things a little bit higher than me. I think. Yeah. I think you like the space, the Deep Space Nine mall. Four yes. better than I did, and your shape shifting score is a little bit higher than mine. I really, I have a lot of problems with shape shifting in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems to seems like there's really not a lot of examples of it just being used for good. No, um, no. without weird like side agendas and caveats and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and the minute that the people around you who understand you're a shapeshifter, like you've got a lot, you're in the hole trust wise. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so it's to your advantage that. I'm never going to trust are... a drink at Quarks, for example. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It could be Odo on a break. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, it's 
and and if you if you notice at least on the interactions with the dominion and the changelings on deep space nine like they are like there are hard cool hardcore um like i'm trying to think of the word for it like mistrust at a societal level of that race and yeah they're characterized in uh a way that they're sneaky and manipulative and untrustworthy. You know, they're going to steal your children. You know, all the things that you hear about the other uh, in society, whether it's, you know, it's, it makes you think like as much as you mistrust shifting in person, uh, is it, is it well-placed, you know, mm-hmm. to, to bind several governments together against one race. I mean, when you take away the fact that the reason why, you know, just set aside the fact that the Dominion are who they are and what their motivations are, but to have all, like, the Federation and the Cardassians, like, well, the Cardassians were with the Dominion for a while, I think. But, like, it would draw together people who were ordinarily against each other. (laughs) Against the Dominion, because it was this common threat. Uh, and so is it fair? You know. So I thought of another example to go along with what you were saying about the other. Mm-hmm. And it's not from our Star Trek universe. So right. you have to bear with me for a second here. It stars the um, inimitable, <laughs> irreplaceable C. Thomas Howell. Well, oh, God. Are you going to talk about, what's that movie called? <laughs> Soul, Soul Man? Soul Man. Ugh. Where he takes, essentially, some kind of crazy tanning pills to become black so he can get a scholarship. Because yes. he didn't yes. get good enough grades in high school. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's sickening. It's that's pretty, that's shape shifting. It's, That's shape-shifting it's, at its worst. It is completely at its worst. Where you, where I, a privileged majority member, will shape shift my shape in order to take advantage of benefits that are given to the underserved. So, because I'm just some sort of dipshit that didn't, you know, work it's, hard enough. It's probably the worst example of shape-shifting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I felt like it had to be brought up. Did it? Because I was going so many years without ever having thinking, thought of that movie. Yeah, well, now you have to think about it again. And for that, I apologize because you're Do my you? friend. <laughs> that him in blackface is burned into my memory and, like, it had been buried, buried, buried. But, like, it's it's as if <laughs> I just saw it. That's how upsetting <laughs> that image is. Uh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, if you're thinking of, like, um, you know, do we ever do you know, recommendations? That's not a recommendation. No, no, no. Where <laughs> is it? I recommend you stay away from it. Yeah, our recommendation is stay away from it as far as you can. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm at a four, Jenny. I don't, okay. I don't see many reasons why I would rate this higher than a four. Um, yeah. Yeah. I... Just for the sake that espionage has served us since, the, you know, at least the Cold War, if not soon, earlier than that, like there are things that 
you had to be sneaky about in order to save people, you know. I can I can understand where you're coming from on it. Right. Um, if you're it doesn't it doesn't change my score, but I definitely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I think that's why I give it over a five because I think that the advantages especially if you're like in a totalitarian state situation where camouflage and um uh Deception is going to have to, it's going to, you need it for your survival, survival of the fittest, right? It's that butterfly on the tree. Yep. Is the going to make it? Nope. <laughs> so, I guess from a pragmatic standpoint, if you're in a dire, you know, survival situation, shape-shifting um, could be a fair advantage, especially if they're, you know, what your enemy is portraying is also unfair. <laughs> like, I mean... You could say two wrongs don't make a right, but then, I don't know. Survival of the fittest. The good guy doesn't always win. Nope. It's really the, the cleverest. It doesn't, it doesn't always type up, tie up into a nice, clean, happy ending. No, sure no. doesn't. Add the, welcome to adulthood, folks. No yeah. happy endings. No happy endings here. Just, just deal with <laughs> it. If you can make it through the day without a paper cut and a blister, you're doing pretty good. You get a prize. Yeah. And the prize is not getting punched in the face. By my subspace knuckle tats. Subspace knuckle tats. Yeah. And that is a pretty cool segue for me, since we're talking oh, about sudden, vi- sudden violence. And, and oh, right, right. Tats, um, to bring you my Klingon word of wisdom from oh. Uncle Grandpa Klingon. Okay. <laughs> His honorifics increase by the day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to keep growing <laughs> as we go through here. At the end of this, you're going to be your own grandpa. You know that. I know. That's the way it works. All right. By, wait the, way, on. by, oh. the, way, Knuckle Tats, by the way, Knuckle Tats was my nickname in high school. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, Jeff. <laughs> so uncle uncle grandpa klingon yeah uh, drop this load down on me here <laughs> <laughs> ready yeah fool me once shame on you uh-huh fool me, fool me twice prepare to die well yes i that you're that's sort of Consider the source that that second part was sort of telegraphed. <laughs> Considering who that's coming from, I'm pretty sure we all can can follow that logic thread. <laughs> what was it again? Fool me once, shame on Fool you. Me Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, prepare to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> that might be my email signature. I'm not. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know. I think that's pretty much not just to cling on aphorism when it comes to uh, shapeshifters. Like, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. Oh, you're a shapeshifter? You know, (laughs) pull that number on me one more time and we're done. All of a sudden you're the blanket on my bed? Creepy. Get out of here. (laughs) Yeah, I think think that that particular uh, set of words that I'm... Maybe national policy for most societies that have interacted with shapeshifters. <laughs> One of the very few Klingon wisdom bit, bits that apply globally. Kind of across the board, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think I agree with you on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps us up then. I do. I, I do too. I think that we can change into jammies at this point. <laughs> Call it a day. Shift my shape like... into sitting on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Shift my shape into sleep pants. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. So, Jenny, what's our next our next topic? That's a great question, Jeff. <laughs> so, next episode, episode five, Phasers. Can't yep. wait. It'll be nice. We've sort of found ourselves at a monthly pace for this podcast. Yeah. If you don't like that, you can just, um, you know, jump in the lake or whatever. Or subscribe, subscribe double and tell us to, you know, get on more often. <laughs> yeah. No, look, if we were making money off of this, we'd maybe do it more often, but we're not. So <laughs> this is a hobby. Let's be clear here, folks. <laughs> we are not getting paid to do this. <laughs> we are not. We are actually literally paying to do it. So. <laughs> That's right. So we'll talk about phasers next time. And then I guess until then, if you like what you heard tonight, drop Sorry, us that... line. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that went, that went weird. Sorry. Anyway, next episode, phasers. Next episode, In phasers. the meantime. In the meantime, please subscribe. Please leave us some comments. Constructive feedback is welcome, but um, nice things are preferred. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. things are preferred. Um, yeah. yeah. Give us a rating if you want to on iTunes mm-hmm. podcasts or you can hear us on Spotify. You can drop us a nice comment on our website if you want. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. TechTrekPodcast.com. Yep. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Jenny7SSS. And I'm at Jeff Kirk. Yeah, I hope you weren't um, holding out hope for a clever handle there. <laughs> Although yours, I think it must be better than mine. Because <laughs> people could think I'm saying the letter F instead of S. True. Yeah. A lot, of the, a lot of the letter S, in case you're listening. Yeah. I'm really trying to just blend into Twitter, you know, shapeshift, go along unnoticed, <laughs> and listen <laughs> the bolts behind the scenes, see if we can bring the whole thing down. It's a good idea with Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I, have nothing, I have no beef with Twitter. Come at Make me. that clear. Make that clear. <laughs> I like all of you guys. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I know you're getting a lot of shit these days. I stand behind you. Well, I guess that wraps us up then. Sure does. It was great talking about shapeshifters with you, Jeff. I enjoyed every minute of our conversation, Jenny. Yeah. Very good. All right. Till next time. Take her sleazy. (laughs) Stay stay classy, San Diego. Okay. We need a catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) Tranquility Base here. The eagle has landed.